There might be fewer players, but there's never a lack of exciting action. This is the statewide Idaho 8-Man Prepcast with Brandon Bainey and Paul Kingsbury. That's right. It is the Idaho 8-Man Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. Presented by the Idaho Division of Public Health, Brandon Bainey with, hey, look who we found hiding under the covers, Paul Kingsbury. What's going on? It's good to be back. I, I, I actually looked at our uh, prepcast stats for the, the eight-man prepcast, and I saw the numbers dwindling the last couple of weeks. And so I figured I better come back and kick Will out so our numbers came back. Yeah, Mr. Big Shot, for sure. We <laughs> thought you were ducking us because uh, your your bold prediction of Kendrick uh, got shut out by Oakley, forty to nothing. But they've since rebounded, so we thought we thought you were trying to lay low after one of your uh... never, never, <laughs> never would I do that. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was nice having Will on the last yeah. couple of shows, and we'll we'll bring Will back on uh, as we get definitely further down the line because he is such a great eight man resource but people people seem to like you paul so you know we need that face out front sometimes it's just i have a big family and so all my family watches it and that's where the numbers come from that's all it is it's not not people like it it's just they feel obligated to because they're my family i think that's it yeah well hey we'll take the numbers however we can (laughs) get them that's true that's true so you can get the Idaho Eight Man Prepcast a couple of different ways. You can get the audio only at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Video right. version is on the idahosports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. And this is every week we're breaking down all the 1A athletics slash eight-man football stories around the state of Idaho. Paul, the biggest story came yesterday as the IHSAA held its September meeting uh at uh wood river high school in haley that's uh, i can think of a lot of worse places you could hold a meeting that's for sure definitely yeah good scenery um the big news was of course all of the reclassification petitions that schools put forth to either move up or stay down a classification level as it pertains to the 1a level the big the big story or the big change that we'll have moving forward paul is that schools will now be able to compete uh at a lower level for football only. So, yeah. so if you're, if you're a two, a program or for example, uh, wood river is normally a four, a program, but next year in football, they will play three, a football. So there's schools right. that are able to play down a level in football only, which I, which I think is great. I, I think that's going to be fantastic. You know, and, and people have been pushing this for shoot. I mean, I've been hearing about it for 20 years and it's always been, you know, you, you move up or down and everybody moves you with you. You can't just move in one sport. And I don't know. I, I see both sides of it. Um, but I think that I, I think it's a slippery slope because, okay, now, now you can petition down for football. You know what? Our baseball team really sucks. And so our baseball team would really like to petition down too. So are we just going to throw out classifications altogether at some point down the road when different schools want to go up and down for different sports? And what happens when a powerhouse turns into a non-powerhouse, which happens in high school sports where, hey, we're petitioning here, we're petitioning here, but now they're really good, they're really bad. So it's going to be a constant back and forth, and that's just for football. And then if you get into you know basketball, those guys saying, hey, that's not fair. How come we, we can petition down for football, but not for cross country or soccer or softball? And it's going to turn into, I, I think a Pandora's box has been opened that, that, that maybe, I, I don't know, I, I'm not in favor of it just for that. I mean, I, I agree that there's some teams that just struggle and, and unfortunately there's teams that struggle and, you know, there, there's the, the idea of, well, 
if you don't want to struggle, get better. Sometimes it's numbers. You can't. And But my, my opinion is I think it opened up a box that maybe is going to be regretted down the road. And I think maybe sooner rather than later when everybody looks around and says, hey, I want to petition down for my sport too. And at that point, it's going to be, you know, the Wild West out there where you've got five A's that really have what one team playing five A maybe. So I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I'm, I'm, I've never been in favor of the idea of one sport um, being allowed to move up or down. I haven't. And, and I think it's going to be, uh, I, I think it's going to be regretted down the road sooner rather than later. My opinion. Interesting. Okay. I think football is different though from, from those other sports simply because of the numbers of players that are required to, sure. to safely participate, right? In baseball, we see 1A teams all the time that have 10 or 11 players and they, yep. they can get by with that because multiple kids can come in and pitch. You can move kids around. Um, in volleyball, basketball, those are smaller numbers, right? You don't, you can get by having seven or eight kids in a program, right? Basketball, football but, is. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, you know, you can't rationalize anything positive for football with other sports, uh, as far as like their coaches and and the diehards, because everyone looks at football anyway as getting whatever they want in the schools. They're the money sport, and and so a lot of you know, there's what four home games a year and they spend more money on the facilities than anywhere else. Um, and because it's a, you know, economy driven, um, sport and, and I get that and I'm not downplaying that. What I'm saying is the other sports are already, you know, feeling like that, uh, you know, they're the redheaded stepchild anyway. And, and so when you've got a team that, that, that is not good, okay, why can't we petition down? And it's, it, it's explaining to them the reasons it won't matter. It won't matter. And, and if it does, it's just going to cause hard feelings. So whether it happens or not, I think there's going to be contention. There's, it's going to create more division and contention than there already was um, fair or not. And, and maybe I can look, kind of restate what I've said where, where I'm not really for or against, I guess the, the idea of it. Um, it's more, I can see down the road and see what's going to happen because of the decision. And, and with that, I, I, I prefer to, to have the least amount of conflict and division, especially in high school sports as possible. And unfortunately that hasn't been the case, you know, over the last, you know, five, six, 10 years, um, it seems to be more getting more contentious and throwing a little bit of gas on the fire like this, you know, I could be really overreacting on it, but I, I like to always look long-term on things, not short-term and, and long-term I see it being turning contentious when, when one team, when one sport can do it, other sports are going to want to do it too. Right. I, and I just, I, I think I'm uh, kind of, I, I agree with you probably like 60% of the way. I do think it's good in, in football. It's a numbers thing. If you, yeah. if you are a wood river and you, you can barely fill your varsity roster with 25 players yep. and you don't have a JV or a freshman team and you're having to play a twin falls high school that has plush numbers in all three program, like, like it's going to be, right better for Wood River to match up with those smaller 3A schools only because of the numbers and in football, especially to safely have a football team, you know, some, some schools are having to play guys both ways the entire way, which isn't safe or, or healthy for any players. So right from, from a football numbers perspective, I get it in terms of trying to build numbers back up in your program. So, right. No, you're right. You're yeah. right. And, and, and I think this might be a good discussion later on for its own little 
its own little prep cast. Yes. Uh, you know, when you dive into, you know, girls basketball programs that have a hard time getting players. And so they're, they're petitioning to have eighth graders play on their varsity team because they can't, well, Hey, we'd like to move down or anyway, it's a rabbit hole. We could go down, but this is the eight man prep cast. We should probably search. <laughs> Get right. a hard left and get back to it. Yeah. Well, you, you talked uh, about allowing eighth graders to play basketball. Two schools did get approved for that at this IHSAA meeting. Um, Mackey and Deary will be allowed to use eighth graders for basketball this year. And we see we see that that happens from time to time yeah. at the at the 1A level. So, OK, as it pertains to 1A football, yeah. uh, five schools uh, are 1A D1 but next year we'll play 1A D2 football. So they will move down a level. And most of them are up north, but you have Castleford and Shoshone from District 4. So so Castleford was going to move up, right? And except yeah. for football now, they'll go back down to D2. And, and then it's all the teams that are up north, Lakeside, Lewis County, and Wallace. So what's going to happen on the statewide level for 1A D1 football well, right now, District 1 is Wallace and Lakeside. If they both move down to D2, there's no more District 1, which means the White Pine League is the only league up north. Right. And, and you know, we, we've talked about it over the years of of watching these conferences consolidate as, as this happens. As, as others get smaller, you know, we've got a two or three team conference. Eventually, they're going to get cannibalized by by the conferences around them. It just has to happen. Um, you know, you look at the possibility, there was the possibility of, uh, and, and it was a it was in fact a reality when twin falls was five a and you know magic valley is out there on this island and so if you're a you know a five a team like you know a canyon ridge or a twin falls goes back to five a you know they're going to have to play in, in eastern idaho and, and all of a sudden every conference game is a you know a trip of what three four hundred miles and uh, and then it gets into cost it gets into kids missing school um and so you know there's a lot of things that play into all of this but seeing you know those those smaller towns up um, up north. Um, a lot of times, it's not fair for those teams to be in a, a one or two team league um, and really not be able to play anybody um, in in your state. So I, I like it. I mean, I, I think we all saw that the White Pine League was going to absorb a lot of those teams eventually, anyway. And I think we're here. Yeah. So so it'll be nice for District One now at, at the D two level. You've got a five team conference basically yeah. starting next year: Wallace, Clark Fork, Mullen, Saint Regis. Uh, Kootenai and also um, Lakeside who dropped down. So, so, yeah. so now, so now instead of Lakeside and Wallace playing each other twice a year in Clark Fork and Mullen and Kootenai all playing each other twice a year, you can have a, a five team conference and fill out a conference schedule. And right. I, I think it'll work out a lot better up North. So yep, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Yep. All right. Not just well, 60% like you agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> you like that number, don't you? That's going to be, <laughs> you'll okay. never hear about it again. I promise. Right. Okay. <laughs> let's uh, let's focus on what's going on in eight-man football now, though. Uh, let's start at the D1 level. Uh, it was kind of a lighter schedule last week. A lot of teams uh, had last week off. It's We're kind yeah. of in the time of year where it's the harvest, right, Paul? So schools try yeah. to give their kids a week off. Yeah. And, and that harvest week, you know, it, was, it used to be really big in eastern Idaho, you know, the potatoes and the, and the sugar beets. And, and now it's you know, it's still a week off, but then you get into October and you get the hunting season teacher in service is what they call it, but it's really teachers go hunting. Uh, but great. You know, they get that week off, they get a, a week to rest, which I think is great. And it's kind of moved into this week as well. Um, there's a lot of 
cross um, classification games this year in the eight man or this week in the eight man uh, games. And, and some of the bigger conferences are just getting into conference or uh, smaller ones in a conference play. And so it's this week of the season, that last week um, of, of September and that first weekend of October that you really see the conference standings like after this week, like if you, if we took a screenshot of the conference standings right now and then looked at the conference standings um, on Saturday, you're going to see teams moving everywhere because they've got one game in conference so far uh, or no games. And all of a sudden, you know, like a notice, they don't have any conference games yet. Um, I think they're three and one and they're, you know, towards the bottom of their conference because they haven't played a conference game. Well, they're going to come out and play Idaho city, I think this week. Yep. And so, you know, what happens when notice comes out and beats Idaho city, who's I think number two, uh, you know, they're going to get, they're going to get bumped up. So this is really that, that uh, the conference standing, shuffle weekend um that, that's always fun to see because you can really see those teams solidify where they really should be because it's, it's a crapshoot right now especially you guys that vote um in the poll every week to look at conference standings and go i don't know and you have to look at records and who they played and and after this week uh it, it really gets a little bit easier to look at conference standings and go okay and then they start to really fill their place in where they stay the rest of the year um maybe you know a team will go up or down depends on who they beat but after this weekend you really start to see those conference standings solidify Yep. Uh, in the media poll, the top five for the 1AD1 ranks have pretty much stayed the same except for a big change at the bottom and number five. So let's just recap real quick. The top ranked team continues to be Oakley. They shut out Murtaugh 54 to nothing. I don't think we're too surprised by that. Prairie yeah. continues to be the second ranked team. They defeated Potlatch 64 to 28. Raft River is the third ranked team. They blew past Lighthouse Christian in their conference opener, 72 to 26. The Lions are now 0 and 4, by the way, and really behind the eight ball. And then the number four team uh, continues to be Butte County. They didn't play last week. So, kind of chalk at the top. Is there anything you want to talk about with those four teams specifically? Well, you know, Butte County has is, is really come out and, and shown that they're, they're for real this year and they're so stinking young. You know, I think they've got four seniors on the team uh they're just a really really young team and and they really have come back well you know they were lost rivers a couple of years ago played in the championship when they combined with uh Mackey, and then they had a pretty down year uh too and now they're they're really coming back and they've got a really uh great team and we'll, we'll talk about that game between them and and dietrich um that, that i'll be at this weekend but uh butte county is one that uh that i'm, I'm really looking forward to see the rest of the year i mean they're great um, you know, you've had success in the beginning, but it's really that second half of the season where you really kind of uh, show what your medal is and, and see what kind of team you are. Yeah. The big change came at the number five spot in the, in the poll. Genesee had been the fifth ranked team. They played Lapway on Friday night and Lapway just blew past Genesee 70 to 36. So Lapway now the fifth ranked team in the poll, deservedly so. Titus Yearout had missed a game or two. He was back for Lapway last Friday. And now we have to start talking about, is Lapway the second best team in the White Pine League behind Prairie? I think so. Um, you know, we watched Lapway play at the uh, at the, at the eight-man classic in Middleton. And between Yearout and, you know, Sage Lone Bear, I mean, they've got a lot of players. But, I mean, Lone Bear, he's going to be a D1 player. You know, easy. He's just a Great, big, strong, smart kid. And then you've got Titus Year out as the skill position behind him. I mean, that's that's a really um, great one-two combo for for an eight-man team. And so, yeah, if you've got if you got everybody back and healthy, I, I really think that Lapway is a very close second in that white pine. 
Yeah, the White Pine League uh, continues to be the most entertaining league, no doubt about it. Kamii defeated Troy 28 to 20, so the Cubs are 2 and 1 overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Clearwater Valley. They they had a gauntlet to start the season, right? They opened with Raft River, then they played Prairie, then they lost by one possession to Genesee when Angus Jordan threw a touchdown with 25 seconds to play, and they're sitting there thinking, "Man, we're 0 and 3. We got to get it going." Well, they did in a big way on idahosports.com on Saturday as they defeated Logos 82 to 44. I think yeah. uh, Clearwater Valley is set up now to maybe go on a run. Well, I think they are. And, and they've been that team that we've looked at since the beginning, saying, boy, Clearwater Valley, you know, and, and they've just been right there. And then we look at a score and go, well, maybe not. Oh yeah, there they are. And so, you know, they're another one of those teams that after this weekend, we're going to look at and go either. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, it's going to be a great year um, rest of the year for them or, you know, or it's going to be okay. They're going to be settled down in the bottom half of the pack. So, uh, you know, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room in the white pine week to week once you get to this point of the year and, and staying in that top half is really, really important. Um, as you get to the end of the, and heading into the postseason, especially for, for the Rams this year. Yeah. Current uh, standings in the white pine league, Prairie and Lapway tied for first, both are three and oh, Genesee is three and one Kamii two and one, and then potlatch and Clearwater Valley are tied for fifth. They're both one and two. I've kind of said all along, Paul, I think it's there's a good chance the White Pine League could get five teams into the playoffs. Uh, you know, as I as I see it right now, the 1A D1 postseason, all of the conference champs automatically get in, and then the rest are assigned at large. I think it's going to be all District 4 and District 2. I don't, and, I don't and, see a second team from District 3 coming out. No, and, and I think you're right. Um, you know, I think a notice, I think notice is, you know, three and one overall. Haven't played a conference game. Uh, I, I think that if a team's going to do it, it's them. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, things tend to come down to uh, district district two and and district four um, in the uh, in in the eight man ranks and one AD one. And I and I don't really see it being any different this year, really. Yeah, I mean, you look at district three. You look at that Western Idaho conference. While there is one and zero, they yeah. barely defeated Rimrock twelve to six. Um, Idaho City is one and zero, like we mentioned, but they're one and three overall. Notice hasn't played yet, so I li- I still like Notice in the conference, and I'm just not sure there's a second team that's going to have a strong enough resume right now. While there is probably the best chance, but they're three and two, and there's going to be teams from from right. districts four and two because of the strength of schedule that I think are going to elevate right. past them. So, oh, and, and this year Wilder plays Greenleaf, and Greenleaf is at the bottom. Of, of the conference. So Wilders, who's right now number one, I mean, they're going to end up being four and two, two and oh in conference after this weekend. Um, and is it, is it strength of schedule, you know, or is it because Wilder is there? And, and so it's going to be these next two or three weeks. And, that, and, and again, that notice game is one that a notice Idaho city is, is one of those that I've earmarked is, is watching just to see how that movement happens when um, Idaho city wins or if notice wins, then you got rim rocking between kind of going, Hey, what about us? Uh, and, and, you know, they're there and they're, they're kind of in a good spot two or three where they belong. But I think that number two spot between notice and Idaho city is really going to be decided this week. And, and I, I think it's probably going to be notice. Yeah. I still think they're the team to beat there. And then yeah. in, in district one, we kind of have to talk about it. It's Wallace and, and Lakeside. Those are the two teams up there. Mm-hmm. They, they play twice. They had their first, conference matchup in wallace friday night this is a really good game it kind of flew under the radar because teams you know 
generally aren't paying attention too closely to what's going on up yeah. north, but but Lakeside won a wild game, 56 to 52. I yep. can't wait for the rematch. Oh yeah, it's high scoring. I mean, it was close. Uh, I mean, that's that's a fun game to be at and watch. Um, and so, you know, they play what the last game of the season, I think. So, you know, it's a great time to play a team that you barely beat or barely lost to the last game of the season when it counts. Yep. And so for Wallace, they're a young team. You know, they might be a year away. Lakeside has the senior experience. Vander Brown is a great running back for Lakeside. And so it's going to be fun to watch those two duel again a little bit later on as well. So, yeah. It's kind of the 1A landscape. You know, Wallace will play Clark Fork this week. That'll be a pretty interesting D1, D2 matchup. Glens Ferry gets their conference action started uh, hosting Raft River. You know, Logan Green thinks that Glens Ferry can be kind of sneaky. I guess we'll find out in District 4. I I do think there might be a third playoff spot available from District 4, and whether it's Glens Ferry uh, that can get it or maybe Murtaugh just based on their overall records. I think Lighthouse Christian at 0-4 has dug themselves too big a hole to get an at-large spot. I I think they're going to have to run the table in in conference play, and and they're already one conference loss down. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I love Logan. I think he's a very smart man. (laughs) Uh, But I'm going to agree agree by maybe 40% uh, with with Logan on on that pick with with Glenn's Ferry being on that spot. It's just, uh, you know, we, we watched him play early on, and of course that's early on. Um, and they're, they're a talented team uh, and they got a lot going for them. Um, but being in that, being in that conference is tough. I mean, you've got Oakley and raft river. Um, it, it's Glenn's Ferry is, is, isn't going to get sneaky and sneak past raft river. It's not going to happen. And so when that does happen, you know, they're going to be oh and one in conference. And I think I'm going to fall to one and three overall. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe if Murtaugh doesn't do much the rest of the year and Glenn's Ferry can, hang on for the rest of their season and sneak in maybe i I think they've got a a pretty decent chance to do it with the rest of their schedule but uh i think even if they do sneak into that first round i think it'd be a quick one for them yeah so that's kind of the d1 landscape as we see it we'll uh we'll step aside and take a break and when we come back we'll break down everything that's going on in the d2 last week it was a light schedule in terms of ranked teams in the d2 so kind of allowed some of those secondary teams to have the spotlight to themselves it'll be a lot of fun to break that down uh you're uh, watching slash listening to the idaho eight-man prep cast on idahosports.com brought to you by the idaho division of public health and we'll be back to break down all of the d2 action from this past week and get you set for the week ahead right after this word from our sponsor It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. All right, we're back on the Idaho 8-Man PrepCast. Brandon Bainey with Paul Kingsbury. So the D2 top five, just like the D1, there wasn't much... In terms of the media poll, there wasn't a ton of change at the top. Carey remains the top-ranked team. They had the no. win. Aston Ford continues to be number two. Horseshoe Bend third. Dietrich four. And Kendrick fifth. That's how three teams. A lot of those teams were off last week. Castle Ford did beat Hanson 50-8, which, you know, the Wolves 5-0, and 2-0 and now in the conference. And yeah. They look strong. Well, and Castleford has that win against Dietrich that I think everybody's looking at and going, what happened there? You know, uh, what happened? Um, and Dietrich is, uh, you know, played, you know, 
state champion. You know, they got the target on their back to repeat. Um, and a lot of good players as well. Um, you know, Peyton Snedden was a quarterback in that game. Um, after that Castle Ford game, Dietrich's made a couple changes and uh, and kind of swapped out uh, power for for Snedden, and they really just changed spots. And and they're the, the two studs on that Dietrich team. You don't really lose one and gain the other. They just thought it was time to take a quick change and and move the chess pieces around a little bit, and it's it's worked for them um, after that. So you know they had five turnovers in that game. Um, you know, not to say Castle Ford isn't a great team. It's just sometimes uh, sometimes teams have those games where uh, you know it's like that blow up hole in golf. Everything goes wrong. And uh, luckily, when I golf, the max I ever give myself is an eight. It's just a rule I have, so I, I never have the really bad blow up holes. And if you lose a ball, that's penalty enough. You don't get a penalty for losing a ball either. Uh, so looking ahead, you know, like we mentioned this week, we're watching Dietrich come into Butte County. And with the changes they've made, um, you know, they can throw. Uh, they got Jet Shaw that can catch and run. Kids fast. Um, Dietrich is is still a, a very good team. And, and a better team, I think, and that the hate mail should go to Brandon at IdahoSports.com. I think they're a better team than than Castleford. I think it was I think it was that blow up game that maybe uh, shook Dietrich awake, maybe a little bit. Um, I'm looking forward to be proven wrong. I mean, I would love nothing more than to see Castleford come out and just put a picture of of me on their dartboard and and use that to propel them to a championship. I, I love to see those teams that haven't had success have success. And, uh, and, you know, maybe that's why I, I liked seeing Dietrich win last year. I mean, it'd been what, 48 years or 52 years, whatever it was since they'd had a championship in football and they got it. It was great. Uh, and Castleford, um, you know, coming out, you know, this week, um, who are they playing this week again? Uh, Camas County, Camas County. So Castleford should win this week. And so it's going to, it's really going to set up that uh, the conference standings coming in late in the year. I right know right now, Castleford two and O Dietrich one and one, Castleford's probably going to be three and zero, and Dietrich going into into uh, into Butte County. It's not a conference game, um, so it's not going to affect that uh, conference standing at all. So Dietrich's still going to be one and one in conference after this week. So the other teams are are you know, Kerry hasn't played a conference game, Camus hasn't played a conference game. So yeah, that's one of the conferences where after this week you're really going to see that shuffle that I mentioned happen um, and see who goes up and who goes down. Um, and then it's going to be that week after, I think, when you get in that heart of the, you know, the, the, the tougher part of the, the conference schedule, when things really start to solidify in, in those, you know, comp, in those conferences that have those five, six teams where it really matters those last three or four games. Yeah, I'm not saying this is going to happen. It could and it would be interesting. Let's say Kerry beats Castle Ford. And let's say Dietrich knocks off Kerry. Those two play in the regular season finale. Then you mm-hmm. got a three-way tie at the top and all everyone's yep. beating each other. It'd be kind of yep. wild. You know, and we've seen it once in a while. You know, it's a lot, some con- different conferences have different ways to to uh, to get their team into state. Um, you know, Kansas City playoffs, um, they go down to points. I mean, I've seen coin flips happen, which I hate. Uh, I absolutely hate the coin flip. Um, your whole season comes down to a, a coin flip hate seeing that. Uh, but you know, having a three-way tie at the end, I love it. I love the drama, um, in, in sports, especially when it matters going into a state tournament. Um, I, I like the drama when it's positive drama. Um, and, and so I think it'd be exciting to see. And again, everybody has a chance at that point, you know, going into it, everybody has a chance to get at the state tournament at that point. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I will root for that scenario. I, I agree with you hundred percent, Brandon. Okay. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Chaos reigns. Let's chaos do reigns. I'm a big fan of chaos. <laughs> 
All right. So uh, you mentioned it. The big game is going to be Dietrich at Buchanan. I think it's the eight-man game of the week easily, and yeah. we're going to be bringing it to you on IdahoSports.com. Yep. Uh, 4.30 kickoff. So it's a good it's a good little Friday matinee to whet your appetite for uh, one of the other countless games we're doing Friday night. It's going to be really good. It is. It was listed for seven uh, in this week. Kind of got the uh, the message, hey, it's a 4.30, because if you remember last year, the uh, the lights came a crashing down in Arco during a big windstorm. And, uh, and they hadn't, they're going to be fixed next week. And so this is the last week they'll have to do that afternoon game. So, um, luckily Logan is, is able to, you know, hop in the car and we're going to make the trek, uh, to Arco and, uh, after the game, stop by tailgaters and, uh, have some food and, and then head back. But it's, it, you know, both teams coming in averaging right around 50 points a game, um, giving up, you know, Butte gives up 24 Dietrich 17, you know, so two, two teams that score a lot and don't give up a lot. Uh, you know, something has to give as they, as they say in a game like this. And even though it's a, you know, it, it's a meaningless game, you know, it's not a conference game. A lot of people are watching it to see just how good each team is. And, and, and it comes with Butte County not being, uh, you know, like they have been the last couple of years and, and kind of on the upswing, are they really that good? And Dietrich losing to Castleford, are they really that good coming into Butte County? So each team has a lot to prove to other people and to themselves as well. Uh, but I think it's, it's, it's a lot of people on the outside looking in um, to this game that, you know, in the end don't matter, but uh, the voters are, are really going to be watching this game. And, and I'm excited to be there. I think I, I'm really glad we scheduled this early. Um, so it didn't look like we were just jumping on a bandwagon here at the end, but we're, we're, it's going to be a fun game. You know, there's a lot of great players on both sides. Um, like I mentioned, Buttes, it's a really young team. So if they're the, this good this year, uh, watch out for next year. Uh, you know, Dietrich has six guys that have 25 plus tackles um, on the year. So their defense is, is tough. Um, they can move the ball in the air on the ground. And I'm talking both teams. So it's going to be fun. I mean, we're, it's not like we're going in and it's going to be, you know, spread offense on both. And we're driving three hours to watch a, an hour and 15 minute game. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun game start to finish. I think, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah, bring an extra Mountain Dew for the scoreboard operator, will you? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'll share, uh, but but yes. In fact, the PA guy there, I can't remember his name, been there forever, been there forever, and he's, he's a great guy. And I think I remember last year he was retiring. I hope he, he didn't, uh, but it just they're in Arco. They are so friendly. I mean, they, they love having us there. They roll out you know, the red carpet. The, the press box is right um, on top of the field, and there's a – kind of a deck that goes around the, the the whole press box. And so we're outside the press box on a deck with the fans right there, hearing every word we say, which is a little disconcerting at times, uh, depending on how the game's going. You understand that. Uh, and But it's just a fun atmosphere. It's just an absolute joy to be there and, and do those games. Um, and so, you know, I'm looking forward to being at that Dietrich and Carey game on the 22nd. We're looking at possibly that um, Castle Ford at Carey game on the 15th. Um, we talked about it this morning a little bit um, behind the scenes. And so I'm going to kind of see if we can rearrange some schedules and get to that. Cause well, you know, we, we talked about it. I, I would do, I'd do eight man games every night of the week if we could. So getting, getting more of those in, in the better. And um, you know, hopefully everybody's been watching those uh, the, the Idaho eight man, three stars every week put out by uh, Will Haneke. They're fantastic. I mean, no one knows the eight man game and, and more, more into it. I mean, he's got, you know, the, the, the cell phones and the contacts of, of a lot of guys in the state um, to, to go with that. So if you're an eight man fan, make sure you check out those three stars every Monday morning. 
Yep, and that's right on the homepage of idahosports.com for sure. Uh, up north, White Pine League, uh, Kendrick, of course, looking very strong. Three and one, yeah. the lone loss was to Oakley, a, a D1 school. Uh, so I, I thought that Lewis County, uh, and they might still be, uh, Lewis County had a good chance to slide into that number two role in the White Pine League this year. Deary's been down. Timberlines had problems with illness in their program so far. Right. And so I thought this is a prime opportunity for Coach Madrell and and Lewis County, the the Nez Perce Highland cul-de-sac co-op. Um, yeah. And I knew I knew there was a gap between Kendrick and the rest of the league. I didn't know it was an eighty-two to twelve gap, but <laughs> the gap is there. <laughs> it is, it is. And then, and if you look at uh, Lewis County's schedule the rest of the year, they've got Deary on the eighth, right? They've got Timberline, and then they've got Logos, and so they could finish the season three and zero which would drastically help their chances of coming in, uh, like you said, coming into that second spot um, where Timberline, I think they had to cancel a game. Uh, they had to cancel two. Yeah, they had to cancel they, two. They went two weeks and, without playing. Yeah, and so they, they play Prairie's JV tomorrow, and then they finish up Kendrick, Lewis County, and then Meadows Valley. So, um, you know, uh, Timberline has – a chance there of, of maybe coming out one and three to finish out their season minus that Prairie JV game. Um, so yeah, I, I think Lewis County would probably end up in that number two spot. Yeah. I think it'll all come down to that game with Timberline, you know, Timberline yeah. already defeated Deary on Friday night, 18 to 12. They scored like a 78 yard touchdown with about three minutes to go. And it's easy to forget, but last year Timberline made the playoffs for the first time in yep. a long time. They went four and four last year and did advance. So I, I think it does all come down to that Lewis County Timberline game. And now I'm yep. not, I'm, I'm not as bullish on Lewis County as I was. I think Timberline if they can get it together and overcome these uh, the problems that have plagued their program early on this season, I yeah. think it's going to be a pretty even matchup. Yeah. And I think it will. And, and really the, you know, the best team, best team will win in that one. You, I don't think we can go into it saying, yep, this is the team that's going to win. So it's definitely one that, like you said, we we're, we're keeping our eye on just for that second spot. I mean, it's Kendrick is, I think someone mentioned that Kendrick was going to be really good this year. <laughs> uh, that was me. That's right. <laughs> So, you know, they're sitting up top of that conference and they're not, they're not going to get dethroned. So it is, it's, it's, it's a battle for second place. And that was me. I was, uh, I was 95% with you on that one. Not, not a lukewarm <laughs> 60% like I was earlier. So nice. nice. And yeah. it's still to be seen, you know, just how, if I'm a hundred percent wrong and you're only, you know, 95% wrong, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens as we get to the end of the season, I guess. Right. Well, North Jam was my pick and they didn't play last week. And I, I, you know, I keep voting them into my top five in the media poll, but they, mm -hmm. they are not in the top five. Not enough people agree with me. North Jam is three and one. Their only loss is to carry the top ranked team. How are they not in the top five? I just, I know. Uh, I, I'll I, get it, off my soapbox, but no, I get it because, you know, I voted, I voted in these media polls for years and years and years. And, and we have the luxury of seeing the whole state for what it is. You know, we don't have a, a coverage area. And so the other voters have coverage areas and, and that's what they focus on week in week out. And normally they're the kind of the cheerleader for that area. And so, you know, a guy up North, you know, that's maybe in Bonners County really has no idea what's going on down in district uh, five in, in the eight man ranks and doesn't have time to really do a lot of investigating either. Um, and so, you know, looking at records, looking at, you know, conference standings, that's, that's what they go off of, but you know, yeah, it's, it's North gem, I think is definitely worthy of uh, being in that top five. So I wouldn't stop if I were you. 
Yeah, I'll keep beating the drum. And then another team that hasn't been in the top five since the very first week and is just kind of quietly going about its business, Mullen St. Regis. They yeah. played their their conference opener against the Wampus Cats from Clark Fork and won 68-8. to eight. You know, we talked to uh, Mullen head coach Stetson Spooner last week on the North Idaho Prep Cast. It was a really yeah. good conversation. I think everybody should go listen to it uh, for – not just Mullen talk, but also kind of just general philosophy talk as well. And and that you yeah. can do that on the homepage, idahosports.com. There's a drop down menu of all of our prep casts. You just click on the North Idaho prep cast. But they, I mean, they've got a good thing rolling up there. And yeah. they'll, they'll probably just continue to fly under the radar as long as these teams from District 4 and, and Kendrick keep winning. And I think that's exactly where they want to be ahead of a potential deep postseason run. Oh yeah. And, and I think they're going to get deeper. You know, they went out in the first round at Dietrich last year, you know, they've got that, uh, Luke Trogdon, Adam ball. I mean, if those guys just keep doing what they do, um, stay healthy, as they say, uh, Mullen's got a really good chance of, of going really deep, um, this year. And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy than Stetson Spooner. I mean, he's been a friend of the program for years and years and years and years. And, uh, and, uh, we, we love what he's doing up there, you know, taking two teams or, you know, two teams, bringing them together from two different States, you know, that, that takes, uh, that takes some work and uh, it takes a special coach to be able to do that. And he's doing a great job. Yeah. And he was quick, pretty quick to deflect. He said, really, I'm just the head coach on paper. He said, really, it's my, my counterpart, Jesse Allen from St. Regis, Montana, that really got this thing put together and keeps us organized and keeps us on track. So he's, nice. he's a very humble guy as well. So humble guy too. Good. Uh, yeah, super cool. All right, let's real quick visit District 3. Horseshoe Bend had that non-conference game where they traveled all the way over to Idaho Falls to play Water Springs. Springs came, yeah. came away with a 50-30 to 30 win. And as I look at, at District 3, obviously Horseshoe Bend is the favorite. I'm starting to think that the preseason coaches poll got it right. Council. 1-0 in conference, 3-1 yeah. and one overall. And Council had a very impressive 56-12 to 12 win over Tri-Valley. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, council hasn't been, you know, in that conversation for a while. And, uh, and they used to be in it year in and year out. I mean, it was council was in it and, uh, and it was always fun to watch. And now you're seeing, uh, council coming back and, and I, and I love seeing that. So, you know, watching them be at the top of their conference, um, with, with a you know a few games left. And, and I think they've got a chance to probably stay at the top of that conference, um, as we get through and, and get through the the rest of the season with, you know, Garden Valley and Horseshoe Bend and then Tri-Valley, Salmon River at the bottom. But it's, you know, it's really a race there for that one, two, three. Um, but Garden Valley, I mean, that that's a team that, um, you know, Blaine Meyer was featured as one of the three stars this week. Um, you know, rushed for 243 yards, three touchdowns. So the, the, these great teams have great players behind them. And, and I guarantee if we looked at Blaine Meyer's defensive stats, they'd probably be just as impressive from that game because that's just what those kids do in the eight man game. I mean, they go out and you know, do a 60 yard drive down the field for a score, then turn around and play defense. It's just, it's just how they roll. Yep, for sure. And so for council, yeah, they finished the season. They're on a bye this week and then they have at garden Valley. So they'll have two weeks to prepare yep. for what's probably their most important game of the year. Then, then it's salmon river. And then they wrap up with horseshoe bend in a game that could very well decide the conference title there. So that's going to be, yeah. And I'd like to see what our schedules are here for as broadcasters to see if maybe we can get somebody out a, a team out to that council horseshoe bend game on the 22nd. Um, you know, early on, I'm sure we looked at that and went mm, council horseshoe bend last game of the season. What else, what else is, is on the schedule that week, but uh, looking at it now, that's going to be an interesting game. And uh, I think we're going to try and get there. 
There's a lot of good. I don't know who made up the schedules, but it seems like yeah, they're, they're backloaded nice. with a lot of great matchups this year. So yeah. it'll be yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Of course, uh, we got to get to October 1st and then we'll yeah. see how it all shakes out from there. But uh, it's going to be another good slate of some conference, some non-conference eight-man action. And of course, the big headline game is Dietrich at Butte County, Friday, 4.30 p.m. kickoff right here on IdahoSports.com. Yep, it's going to be an absolute fun. And what's nice about being at a game that's at 4.30 is my game will be getting done when everything else is starting. So I can actually really pay attention to what's going on, uh, you know, on the Friday night flash on the drive home and see what's going on with, with scores being updated and, uh, and seeing how those games are going and not just, not just doing a game at the same time as everything else. So I'm actually really looking forward to it. You know, a nice quiet three hour drive there and a quiet three hour drive back, just listening to, uh, you know, to you guys uh, to broadcast. Well, not you, you're taking the night off uh, on Friday. Good for you. Um, but uh, and really not off because you're still going to be working. You're just not doing a game, right? Uh, I, I have a I have a Thursday night game this week, so yeah. And, and you and you've got that nice that voice that can just lull me to sleep in a good way. You know, it's just that <laughs> that, that dulcet tones of Brandon Bainey. So yeah, boy, that's a nice backhanded compliment if I ever heard one. That's uh... I, that was that was a solid sixty percent positive compliment <laughs> right there. I swear. <laughs> Well, we're uh, about 60% out the door anyways. Let's just... Uh, <laughs> I hope we're more than 60% done. I really do. I really yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Idaho 8-Man PrepCast. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back to break it all down again next week. For Paul Kingsbury, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in to the Idaho 8-Man PrepCast presented by the Idaho Division of Public Health here on IdahoSports.com.